Hello, Ole Miss Rebel fans. Uh, this is Juco All-American. This is our first installment of Podcast Rebellion in quite some time. Uh, and I don't exactly know how regular it'll be, but we have great stuff to talk about today on National Signing Day. Joining me today is Whiskey Wednesday. Whiskey Wednesday, say hello. Hey, Juco. Uh, long time no podcast, but yeah, good to be back chatting about the ribs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some some good stuff today, some not as good stuff today. I think let's go ahead and dive in. Um so I think in general, you know, there were a number of themes. I don't think we're necessarily going to go player by player or anything like that, but there are a number of themes for us to consider. And, um, you know, the first one that jumps out to me is actually that we just signed a ton of offensive linemen. Um, signed, I think, four today with – or excuse me, three today with uh, two more expected within the next week or so. Uh, in I, you know, the, Ole Miss is still waiting for Bryson Hurst to get back from an All-Star game and sign, and uh, Timmy Gagafian. Uh, I, actually, I think he's waiting until February, right, to sign. I think so, yeah. But still, uh, you know, four likely, and I guess likely five offensive linemen um, is pretty awesome, considering that Ole Miss only really loses that we know of for sure. They lose or- Orlando Umama. Uh, there are, you know, rumors that Broker might go pro. Uh, ben Brown, I know, is mulling potentially returning, but you know, not a lot of major losses, uh, or possibly not a lot of major losses on that side of the ball. And getting some some depth to develop is is, is nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is a lot of good coming back on the offensive line. I think we saw last year with Ben Brown's injury, the guys who stepped in weren't perfect, but they were a lot better than I expected and, and probably a lot of people as well. And you're right with the the big offensive line class. I think that's the recipe for a team like Ole Miss to have a consistently good offensive line. It's just to sign several guys, you know, almost every year. Um, and then, you know, try to find guys with offers. They don't have to be, you know, top 100 overall players, but, you know, guys in the top you know, 800 or so players in the country. And, and that's what we did and, and signed some pretty like tall, rangy athletic guys as well. It seems like, which is, is cool. Yeah. Did you notice every single offensive lineman uh, signee today is classified as a tackle? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, and you got to think there's some versatility there too. Um, it seems like right. it's easier for tackles to move inside than, than vice versa. So yeah, it seems like a number of those guys um, are kind of in the more like projecty range, um, where they have this the height that they need, but maybe you know are in the two sixty, two eighty kind of range, uh, and you hope that they'll be able to put on good weight and get up to a really you know solid three hundred pounds or so. Um, but I love the move of recruiting tackles and moving them inside if they don't really work out as well at tackle. Uh, you know, you want to sign people with really good feet who are surprisingly athletic for their size, and that's typically what tackles are. But yeah, I mean, I think to your point, there's only one four-star player. That's Bryson Hurst. Um, the others are, you know, lower-ranked, or I guess not lower-ranked three stars, but three stars, well and solidly in the three-star category. Um, but when we look at offers, Preston Cushman is from Florida, had a Florida offer. Uh, Flip Coswell, uh, who was 
or excuse me, Flip Carswell, who was committed to Miami this morning until flipping to Ole Miss with an awesome name, um, had a Miami offer and, and several other offers as well. I think that, you know, you can, uh, offensive line is an interesting position where sure you'd rather have the elite guys that are you know, more definite, but we've seen time and time again, that Ole Miss is capable of bringing along offensive linemen who are, you know, not as heralded, but seem promising in some way and, and making it work with them. Absolutely. So uh, I also think that, um, you know, on the negative side, there's no quarterback in this class. And right now, Ole Miss has on campus redshirt freshman Luke Altmaier, or who who will be redshirt freshman Luke Altmaier next year, uh, and uh, will be redshirt sophomore Kincaid Dent. And I don't think, uh, I'm not making any judgment on either of those players, although I think that it's clear that Altmaier is the one who would be starting, uh, but it's really risky to head into an, an entire season with, uh, you know, those two as your only options, uh, regardless of how good they ultimately end up being. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's been, you know, really iterated again and again, um, you know, for, for those of us who follow recruiting that Kiffin is going to hit the portal, really hard and is especially going to look for probably a starting quarterback, but at least a guy to come in and compete with Altmaier for the the starting job. Um, but it seems like Lane kind of moves at his own pace. Um, it, it seems like, I don't know, it, it's frustrating at times to follow as, as a fan, especially if you're you know naturally impatient like I am. It sort of seems like he's trying to play musical chairs by uh, waiting and hoping someone else sits on the floor. Um, <laughs> because it feels like, you know, the, the hot quarterbacks in the portal are going to be per- pursued really aggressively and, you know, teams are going to press them for, uh, commitments and try to snap those guys up. And it seems like we're kind of laying back a little bit. Um, we hosted Dylan Gabriel, the former starting quarterback for the university of central Florida, really prolific, um, really, you know, compares favorably you know, to, I'd say mostly the guys in the portal in terms of experience and production um, appears to have pretty good physical tools as well. Um, so he visited, you know, when Jeff Levy was still our offensive coordinator, it looked like a done deal. Levy left. Um, Gabriel's now looking at other options. We brought in the quarterback from incarnate word uh, cam ward, um, who is a really, really talented guy, but obviously playing at a lower level. He appears to be super athletic and have a weird but really fast release. Um, but, you know, he is a Virginia Tech offer today, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, his visit came and, and went. Uh, he he tweeted that we offered officially, mm-hmm. but the visit came and went without a commitment. And now he's getting some other offers and, and probably looking around. So, I don't know. It, it seems like um, it's going to be kind of a, a tense waiting game between now and whenever we figure out who our, our quarterback is going to be. That really has a lot of bearing on you know how we're going to look next season. Yeah, and I actually think it could be a while. I mean, um, uh, if you think about it, like you're talking, you mentioned the musical chairs, hoping that somebody else just ends up sitting on the floor. Um, 
that's some of the problem with the transfer portal approach is when everyone else has a quarterback and there's a good one who's looking to transfer great right uh Ole Miss is a really popular or is a very interesting destination for a quarterback right to to be under Lane Kiffin and Stutelage and all that kind of stuff but the problem comes when like LSU has one quarterback on roster you know and it's like okay well LSU has historically done a much better job of attracting talent than Ole Miss has. Uh, so, so they're, they're somewhere in the pecking order and, you know, um, Oklahoma of course had, uh, Caleb Williams considering leaving, I guess that hasn't happened and isn't likely to happen. Uh, but you know, you see all, all these programs that also need a quarterback. So it's not like Ole Miss is just alone in its need. Um, and we see the same thing in other positions. Uh, but yeah, I think you and I both just kind of agree that there has to be someone. Uh, I'd be fine with Cameron Ward or or someone like that, but it needs to be someone at quarterback that that is transferring it. I don't know if you've actually followed. This is a an aside, but I don't know if you've actually followed the LSU thing, that their quarterback situation. Not as much. I know that Miles Brennan is in the portal and Max Johnson is as well. Yeah, and they're they have a true freshman quarterback, uh, Grant Nussmeyer, who uh, has already played in four games, um, and he is their only scholarship quarterback on roster. If he plays in the bowl game, he loses his red shirt. <laughs> so the uh, question yeah, is, like, do they just like? play a walk-on at quarterback in the bowl game or something, you know? Um, or do they just pull this guy's red shirt and and play him? Really fascinating stuff. Yeah, it's an interesting situation. It, it makes you wonder. Um, actually, you may be the one to ask about this. Entering the portal, does that typically end your participation with the team? Um, or is it more like they often go hand in hand, but don't have to? So, yeah, you know, I think, I think technically, play in a bowl game. I think technically you can still play, um, but I, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I just know that there, uh, there are times where players will go sort of in and out of the transfer portal. And, and maybe it's that you have to be out to be able to play, but you know, you can go back in right after you play. So I guess it's possible that Miles Brennan, uh, you know, plays in the bowl game somehow and then just hops right back into the portal. Um, but hey, let's actually continue talking about recruiting. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so the next thing that I noticed uh, is certainly I, I think that the offensive skill position players that Ole Miss signed today are interesting. Uh, Larry Simmons and Jeremiah Dillon and Quinshawn Judkins. Twin, Quinshawn Judkins. Um, but there aren't very many of them. And, you know, we've, we've heard that Ely and Snoop may both be gone uh, for next season. We know that Braylon Sanders and Ontario Drummond will both be gone next season. So there are a lot of question marks uh, on, on the, in, I guess, those positions. And uh, I'm surprised, I guess, a little bit that Ole Miss didn't take larger steps to be able to fix that with high school recruiting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, our ability so far to attract really high-level skill players or lack thereof has been pretty surprising. I figured that would come really easily under Kiffin, um, but that hasn't really been the case. And we've got some solid guys. Henry Parrish has been fantastic. 
Um, and obviously he'll probably see an expanded role next year. So we'll get a good idea of of how he looks, um, signed what Braylon Brown last year, who we kind of Mm -hmm. expected to play a good bit at receiver, but never really got in. I think he maybe had a couple of lingering energy, uh, injuries at the beginning of the year. They were kind of poorly timed if you're a freshman trying to get on the field, but yeah, it's been kind of hard to get those, you know, solid four-star skill players in. And I think that's the case now. Um, apparently the coaches uh, evaluate Judkins really highly and, you know, his, his, he does get rave reviews and played really well at the, um, the recent all-star game. Sure. So I'm, you know, I think there's some promise there and it's also easier to get running backs that are rated low to come in and produce. Not that he's rated mm-hmm. low, but you know, you don't have right, to have right. a five-star I mean, running he, back that a good one. But he had, he had Notre Dame and Auburn offers. So I guess it's not oh, yeah. like, you know, I don't want to downplay him. No, I'm excited about him. I I'm really skeptical about the receivers uh, in mm-hmm. terms of their ability to come in and be like starter caliber. Um, I, I think we've had not great luck with receivers from in-state since DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown. Since then, it's Mm -hmm. been uh, a little bit harder to find uh, stars at that position uh, coming from in-state. And and yeah, these guys certainly don't have the same kind of rating that um, some of the other guys that we currently have on campus. Um, Let's see. Sure. Uh, so, so yeah, it's hard to see them stepping in right away and improving the receiver room. Um, I think, I think one thing, one thing that I would say, uh, cause I, I do totally, uh, agree with your, your general approach here, but, um, Jeremiah Dillon is supposed to be like stupid fast. And so I guess it's always possible that when, that if he's the fastest player, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, then he carves out a role in kind of taking the top off the defense in some way, even as a, even as a freshman. Yeah. Yeah. I think I may be drawing mental comparisons between those two guys and then Dennis Jackson and Jaden Jackson, who've both mm-hmm. been on campus for a while, rated pretty high, supposedly had elite speed and haven't really done too much. Uh, and that's probably unfair to probably all four of those players <laughs> that I'm drawing comparisons with. But uh, yeah, you, you really want to see some star power there since Lane Kiffin's offense is um, can be so pass heavy, you know, when he has the guys in place and you want to see him have the, the weapons to run that offense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously we'll, we'll talk later about what they need to do in the portal to address some of that stuff and some of the options and that sort of thing. But, um, oh yeah, the next theme, which is not really a theme is Xavier Harris. Uh, I just, uh, I just wanted to devote some time to talk about him as an individual uh, contributor to the class. He's the top ranked player, I think on every service, uh, in the class, he is a huge defensive tackle from Germantown, uh, the one in Madison, Mississippi, not the one in Tennessee. Uh, he is 6'8", 335, at least that's what he's listed at on 24-7. Uh, he may even be bigger than that now, um, but he's you know an enormous human being. And I think that if we think about the 3 Three two six, yeah, the three two six defense, and kind of what makes it work. Having a huge D tackle in the middle really can make a huge difference. Um, and 
this guy had an Alabama offer. He had an Auburn offer. I mean, he could have gone, you know, really anywhere he wanted to go within reason. Um, and chose Ole Miss, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It's really difficult for Ole Miss to hang on to elite defenders in state in recent years. And he certainly qualifies as that huge news. You're right. It's a great scheme fit for the three, two, six. We saw this year, um, how big a difference it made to, to be able to upgrade our, our D line a little bit in terms of defensive production. And so having more guys who fit into that defense can, can only be a good thing. Um, it stinks that we didn't sign any more defensive linemen, but if you're going to get one, you might as well get a guy like Xavier Harris. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, then I also think that one positive note is you know, Ole Miss has struggled so much to recruit linebackers uh, the past many years and signed a straight up four star uh, in Jaron Willis or Jaron Willis. I think it's Jaron um, who is from Georgia, 6'2", 230, had offers from tons of places around the country. Longtime Georgia Tech commit, uh, but uh, decommitted a few days ago and committed to Ole Miss today or signed with Ole Miss today. Um, you know, offers from Michigan, LSU, Miami, uh, Florida State, Arkansas, Auburn, Florida, you know, a, a lot of really strong programs. Uh, and Ole Miss just really hasn't been signing a player like that in, in many years. Then on top of him, there's Tyler Banks, who I know the coaches really like. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to pull up his information. So he's 6'3", 235. Uh, I think it came down to Ole Miss, Michigan, and Virginia Tech for Banks. Uh, but he's kind of seen as a linebacker who could, I think, potentially kind of become a crazy safety if necessary, but is expected to stick at that position. Um, fun fact that actually uh, Ruby in the Slack uh, thing mentioned, uh, so the last time that Ole Miss signed a four-star linebacker out of high school was 2017 did you see who that was um i remember she mentioned or someone mentioned that it might be momo sanogo but i thought it was actually breon dixon who then transferred to nebraska (laughs) so i don't know if we ever confirmed Uh, yeah i thought that it was momo sanogo uh breon dixon 20 Let's see. Grayson High School. Grayson product. Uh, 2017 four-star. Yeah, you were right. You are right. It was Breon Dixon. <laughs> um, Let's hope that uh, Jaron Willis works out better than Breon Dixon did. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was reading <clears throat> sort of, you know, recruiting service evaluations on Willis today. And they point out how you know, he currently plays – safety um, and is likely to move down or at least in Ole Miss's case to move to Jake Springer's position or Otis Mm -hmm. Reese's position, that sort of star uh, linebacker safety hybrid. Um, But yeah, it sounds like he has a lot of really good coverage skills and a lot of good sideline to sideline speed and and things you really want in a linebacker playing against, you know, modern spread out offenses. Um, That's sort of a trap that we've fallen into recruiting wise in some of the good linebackers that we have signed. We've signed good linebackers for big 10 football or, you know, for (laughs) between the tackles football. And then they've struggled in, uh, you know, 
facing offenses that go a little bit faster, that spread out a little bit more. So it sounds like he's absolutely perfect for that. I'm really excited. And I think uh, we have a pretty thin linebacker group. So you got to think that he'll have every chance to play next year. Oh, yeah. I mean, if if Chance Campbell doesn't come back, then there are like three scholarship linebackers. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ashanti Sistrunk, Austin Keys, and maybe no one. That might be it. Oh, we should also mention Reginald Hughes, who uh, is a JUCO linebacker that Ole Miss signed. Uh, he committed way long ago and never visited anywhere else or anything like that. So kind of no idea about how recruited he was by other teams or anything like that but he will at least be on the team yeah can we give a shout out to guys who do that who just commit and then just you never hear from them and then they sign like isn't that great (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's pretty nice not to freak out (laughs) yeah yeah so Uh, thank you uh we'll see you on the field very much and then i think the last uh of the more positive themes that i had is I think the cornerback class is pretty good. Um, and that is in a time where uh, Ole Miss, you know, doesn't have like elite, fantastic cornerback play, but has a lot of promising players at the position. So it's not as if they had to go out and sign, uh, you know, t- five of them. They, they signed two and those two are pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you have Stenson who supposedly has just, absolute track speed. Um, then you have Nick Cole, who's rated four star by a couple of services, I think who appears to be, you know, all around pretty good. So two guys that, you know, most sec teams would be really happy to have. Um, and yeah, in a, in a year where you don't need to replace your starters or even your second teamers at cornerback, um, uh, that's, that's a great pickup. And we still have, uh, David and Igbenusson, uh, yeah. that we're trying to sign from New Jersey, who is sort of a, a hybrid defensive back who has you know, played some corner and some safety. And, and again, I, I think that defenses in general, but especially our defense values versatility in the defensive backs. So it'll be good to have him assuming that he eventually hops on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then today, uh, thinking about National Signing Day itself, I think there are only really two misses that I would call much attention to. That's Jacarius Clayton, who is a defensive end from Tupelo, who had been committed to Ole Miss until today, but flipped and signed with uh, Mississippi State today, or is expected to as of the time of this recording, uh, which is 3.15 p.m. in God's time zone. Um and then Jaheim Otis, who uh, has been committed to Alabama forever and signed with Alabama, which I guess like even putting him in the misses category is kind of strange. But, uh, you know, had visited Ole Miss recently and it seemed to be a two horse race that Alabama led uh, all along. But, um, you know, signing him as a top 100 player and a, a huge defensive tackle to pair with Xavier Harris would have been really interesting and allowed the coaches to do some, some cool stuff in the three, two, six, or even get away from the three, two, six. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think with Otis, it's certainly not surprising to see an elite prospect go to Alabama who has put yeah. so many yeah. defensive linemen in the NFL. The only bitter part of it is that, you know, presumably the Ole Miss staff, did make a lot of progress and, and sunk a lot of, you know, time and resources uh, and planning into recruiting him and then came up with, with nothing, which always 
sucks, but you have to try with guys like that. You have to give them everything you can. Um, but yeah. Well, and you also have to think that, uh, Otis probably never had the discussion that Branson Robinson likely had with the staff, which was like, Hey, I'm not going to come here. I'm, I'm going to Georgia. Don't, you know, don't spend time recruiting me. Uh, it seems like Otis didn't have that discussion with them. And so of course they have to go as hard as they can for a great player in state. Yeah, uh, and then the, the last thing that I had just as a, a miss in general is there just aren't enough players in the class, right? Like I, I don't think that when I look at the at the list of players, I think that almost everyone is interesting. Oh, you know what? We actually didn't mention Jalen White, who is a a, a linebacker who is six three, but kind of undersized in terms of weight, um, and uh, you know could end up contributing at either safety or linebacker. <laughs> Uh, he didn't have like crazy good offers, but he had other power five offers, you know, and could contribute in, in some way. Yeah. He's another one of those guys that our staff seems to have really fallen in love with. Um, he was an, an early offer an early take um, didn't really waver after he committed. It was, you know, a few months ago. Um, right. Yeah. I watched, you know, the highlights that came along with his signing today. He played, some quarterback, it looked like. They showed him uh, ripping off some really great-looking runs playing quarterback. Um, and so, you know, it might be one of those guys that's just really hard to evaluate but has a lot of athleticism, has the size that you want, and maybe you've seen him on tape playing multiple positions and figure uh, that you can make him work. So, yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's another guy to, that's good to be able to plug in. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just in general, it would be cool to see more players in the class. Um, I know that Ole Miss has taken and Lane Kiffin talked about it in his press conference today. Ole Miss has taken a very deliberate approach and plans to build a good bit through the portal. Uh, there are pluses and minuses to that. I think that in general, it's a pretty good strategy, but you got to start getting people. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that just seeing a another three to four guys on here who were pretty strongly recruited would be, would be a nice thing. I, I'm not necessarily a stargazer, but uh, you know, seeing some, some blue chip players would be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. We already touched on how it's been a little bit difficult to find some of those four or five star guys at the skill positions, uh, despite Lane Kiffin's reputation. So, so yeah, I think, there easily could have been some opportunities to, to pick up a couple more big guys. But yeah, I, I think Kiffin, the situation he was brought into was one where the roster really wasn't like he wanted it. Obviously there was a lot of talent in a lot of places, but um, I think given the kind of makeover that he wanted to do, I think the portal makes a lot of sense and comes at a good time for Ole Miss. So hopefully, yeah, we can leverage that as much as possible, but you certainly don't want to do this every year. Right, right, yeah. Well, I also think there's, you know, there's an interesting aspect to this, which is a lot of these guys in the portal have an extra year because of COVID, and so, um, you know, we have a no- we have a number of players that we're pursuing in the portal who have four years of eligibility or three years of eligibility remaining. Uh, so it's not like we're looking for a quick plug and play that we have to find a new solution for a year later. Um, and that actually brings us to Ladarius Tennyson, who committed to Ole Miss today. He spent his first two years at Auburn. He has three years of eligibility remaining, despite playing two years already because of the COVID rule. Um, and 
I'm really excited about him. Um, I think that he is he has a reputation as a really hard hitter. Uh, and he only had like 20 something tackles in each season at Auburn. Um, but I don't know. I'm not necessarily going to quickly judge something around that production. I think that Ole Miss has some intrigue running a three, two, six and some possibilities for a safety who hits hard that maybe a more traditional offense doesn't account for in the same way. Yeah, absolutely. We've had so much success bringing in um, Otis Reese and then to an eager, even greater extent, Jake Springer. Um, you know, Otis was lost in the shuffle at Georgia. Um, Springer was standing out at Navy, but, you know, I guess wanted some different opportunities. So, uh, yeah, we've seen the ability to bring in defensive backs that maybe um, – could be a better fit in our system than the system they're currently in. And, and hopefully Tennyson fills that role. Yeah. That's as exciting of news as if we, as we have today. Um, oh yeah. And he was also, a, I, I guess uh, should mention this for people who haven't been paying as much attention. He was also a top 200 player in the country coming out of high school. Um, he's not some kind of unheralded guy who didn't really get it done at Auburn or something. Um he was quite heralded, uh, recruited heavily by lots of programs, and um, you know had marginal production uh, at Auburn. But actually, I noticed I was looking through his game log earlier today when it was announced that he committed to Ole Miss, um, and it looks like he had like in each season two to three huge games with like eight tackles. I guess only two games, <laughs> uh, and then um, a bunch of games with nothing or one tackle. Uh, and those games were not um, just like FCS opponents or something where you would typically see that kind of thing. It was like a re- like uh, this year, I think it was against Ole Miss. He had uh, eight tackles. And, um, you know, that's interesting to see. I wonder if it has something to do with injuries that gave him some more playing time uh, in those brief appearances or something like that. But, yeah, I, I think he's a really intriguing prospect. Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, we have some, I think, roster work to do on, on defense in terms of getting depth at those positions. Like we mentioned Jake Springer when he got hurt early, earlier this year, um, it had a bad effect on the defense. And when he came back, it was like the defense was back again. Um, so I think probably getting two or three guys who fill that same role is, is really important to the coaches. And hopefully he's one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think... Davis and Igbenosin, uh has that intriguing factor that is is one thing that makes him so appealing to those coaches as kind of a p- future or even now based on the way I've heard that they value him uh, replacement for for Springer. I, I wanted to go through just kind of what I think is a checklist the coaches probably don't have printed out anywhere, but uh, just kind of likely have to accomplish during the off season. And we've we've hit we've hit on a number of these things already, but um, there are some of these things they did and some that they didn't. Uh, one, I think they can afford to be picky in the secondary, which I think that they did. Uh, they didn't like last year. I think they signed eight defensive backs, whereas this year I think there are only two definite defensive backs, hoping to add a third in Davison Igbenosin. Uh, but then a, a couple of other players who could end up at, at safety or something like that. Uh, we already talked about depth on the offensive line, needing to find linebackers. Uh, one thing that 
that we hit on that, that they haven't done and, and we can actually use this as a launching point into the portal is finding wide receivers. We talked about the two that they signed, which is great, but it seems like based on the the production or lack thereof that we saw when Dontario Drummond and Braylon Sanders and Jonathan Mingo all went out, uh, Ole Miss needs to find plug and play wide receivers who've shown they can do it. Absolutely. Um, seems like there's a lot of guys out there, um, most prominently Deion Smith, who it's been long rumored that it's all but a foregone conclusion that he's going to transfer to Ole Miss. He's now officially in the portal. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see his announcement come pretty shortly, hopefully pretty soon. I think um, Kiffin and probably a lot of other staffs have encouraged portal players to wait till after signing day to announce their destinations. Um, so hopefully we'll see him soon. Um, Ole Miss has also hosted a couple of visitors. Um, oh, man. Uh, guy from Vanderbilt. Guy from Cam Johnson. Yeah, Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson. Uh, Louisville is Jordan Wilkins, I think. No, that's not right. <laughs> that is not right at all. Watkins, Watkins, I think. Jordan Watkins. Yeah, yeah. We're killing it. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, both of those guys are in the sort of slot receiver mold a little bit more than than they are big outside guys. Deion Smith, um, by the way, is like six foot three, appears to be great, you know, tall, rangy guy, jump ball catcher, um, while these other two guys are a little bit more technical route runner quick. Um, so hopefully we'll see um, a mix of skill sets that'll, that'll complement each other. But um, yeah, there should be a lot of guys out there, but those are the three that we've heard the most about probably. One that I'm really excited about who you haven't mentioned uh, is Kaneda Mumfield from uh, Akron. I don't know if you've looked at this guy, but Ole Miss offered him yesterday. Uh, and he's in his freshman season, his true freshman season uh, in in Akron. He had 63 catches for 751 yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, Akron was horrible. And he was a a shining star uh, among the rest of their, their team. And he has three years of eligibility and has entered the transfer portal. Um, actually got a chance to look at a, like the two or three available highlights of his uh, that exist on the internet without watching all of Akron's games. Um, and yeah, he seems like the type of player who uh, I guess his playing style was very much after the catch, but he's not small. So it's not as if he's one of like Jacor Pearson, who, uh, you know, I think is, is a really good wide receiver who will also be gone next year. Um, but he is, <laughs> gosh, I, whenever you ever mention a, another player, it seems like, uh, there's always a comment from someone like, Oh, so you think he's Jerry Rice? It's like, no, no. Like I'm trying to give you like a, a, a sense of the type of play. So like, gosh, I just hate even, even to say this, but if we're thinking about him, uh, and comparing him to a rebel great wide receiver, uh, and we had to choose a when, you know one of the top five to ten wide receivers, which he almost certainly won't be. I, I'm I'm not saying that he will be. <laughs> then his style of play is more like AJ Brown than it would be, say DK Metcalf or Elijah Moore. If we have to think of all receivers fitting into one of those three categories. That was a lot of caveats strung together. But <laughs> I'm just so scared. I think we get your meaning. Uh, 
Um, but yeah, that's a type of player that I think really thrives in, you know, spread offenses are receivers who uh, have some tackle breaking ability, have some elusiveness. And um, I think we maybe lacked that a little bit. Um, well, I think Dontario Drummond is that. Uh, <clears throat> oh yeah, but, for sure. But when he was out, then, you know, there was nothing really. Yeah. But, you know, Mingo and Braylon Sanders, have, neither of them have been big uh, run after the catch guys. Um, and then Jacor Pearson, as quick as he is, he had a little bit of trouble, uh, you know, finding open space this year as well. At um, times. Yeah. 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 Um, he ended up looking like more of a possession receiver than I anticipated. I thought he was going to have some, some quicks for us, but yeah. um, Having some guys like that, I think would be a really welcome addition to the team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. And then I just think uh, another thing to talk about is what to look for moving forward. We've already talked about Davison Igbenosin. I have heard that the coaching staff just thinks he is like an immediate step in automatically be a huge contributor kind of player. Um, he's not the same player, but in the same way that Tashim Johnson was this year. Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Um, so the thought is that he's going to announce, I think at the Under Armour All American game in January. Right. Right. And I, I think it would be a done deal. And it, it, I, I've still heard that it seems like he's leaning Ole Miss, but um, his brother plays for Rutgers, like is currently on the team, not like, you know, uh, played there two years ago or something like that. Yeah. And he's yeah, from New Jersey. So mm-hmm. it's a long way. Yeah. Uh, other uh, other things to pay attention to. Obviously, we're waiting on Deion Smith. We're waiting on some of those other wide receivers we talked about. Cameron Ward from Incarnate Word. Uh, you mentioned that he has a kind of strange but quick release. Uh, yeah, he's 6'3", 230. Um, he, actually, I don't think that he ran very much uh, despite his size um, for Incarnate Word. But yeah, he can sling the ball. Of course, we don't know how it'll translate, but I think that you got to take the athleticism and especially maybe what the coaches are doing uh, and what Kiffin is doing is kind of waiting to see what happens to Dylan Gabriel. Uh, But I I don't know how long you can wait on whoever your second or third or fourth option is. Um, You actually, I, 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 was looking at something you sent over uh, and you had Bo Nix. I know Bo Nix is in the transfer portal. What are your thoughts on Bo Nix as an option? I mean, he's a one year plug and play. I guess that doesn't really like dissuade Arch Manning potentially next year, but I don't know. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on him. Yeah, I don't really dig it. Um, I think he is the kind of quarterback that we need. I, I think he has some ability to extend plays. He has some creativity, uh, has some big play potential, but um, he's had a lot of time to work out consistency and you know good decision making. And he doesn't seem like he's quite there for a quarterback that Kiffin would want. Um, but I think he is a guy who would pick things up relatively quickly, learning the offense um, and who would immediately give us the ability to have a big game. 
so it's definitely intriguing the, the potential to take him, but you don't know. It, it seems relatively rare for guys to transfer within division. I know we were just talking about a transfer from Auburn to Ole Miss uh, in Tennyson, but it's still not super common. Um, and especially with a quarterback, kind of the, the face of a team. Um, so that would be an interesting move. Uh, not the biggest fan of it, but I see some pros. Yeah, I mean, I think he has to be on the list somewhere. Uh, I don't think... I think that he is a at least an average SEC quarterback, which is great. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's fine. Um, I think that it would be cool to sign something better than that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think there are... A lot of guys with a higher ceiling that are in the portal. Um, yeah, you would hope we could grab one of those. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, are there any other portal targets? I guess Zach Evans. We haven't talked about him. Uh, he. Yeah, my my hope for that one wanes by the day. But man, I know. I know. what an absolute coup that would be. I know. He would. I mean. I, gosh, this is this is a superlative, but I, he's the type of player where when you watch his film, his film, you know, at TCU against Power Five teams, uh, you kind of say like, man, if this guy like played for Alabama, he could be like a Heisman contender. I I honestly believe that he is a really great running back, uh, and you know, would be interested to see what his ceiling is on a team that could block really well for him and all that. Yeah, he, for those who aren't aware, I think he was something like the number five rated player in the country uh, a couple of recruiting classes ago, uh, was wanted by everyone, considered Ole Miss relatively late in the process, ended up shocking everyone by going to TCU, and then for two years averaged greater than seven yards a carry yeah. um, on yeah. on not the best TCU teams. Uh, and, and not on like 10 carries. We're talking about like 95 carries a, a season yeah. getting over seven. Yeah, that's, uh, pretty, that's pretty wild. Yeah, that's doing some good work. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's he visited Ole Miss. Um, things were really trending in that direction, it seemed like, for a little bit. Um, he did skip, I think, an Oklahoma visit, which is a good sign. But he's also yeah. indicated that he might just return to TCU. Um, and who knows? Uh, a lot of suitors would take him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you you don't like how long the timeline has extended since his oldest visit. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, one other player, uh, Ashim Young from Iowa state. What a fascinating player he is. Uh, he was the 2020, gosh, it's, it's like a long thing. Big 12 co-defensive freshman of the year. Uh, he is a safety. I think he's like five eleven. Very much in the same same vein as Sashim Johnson, also from Philadelphia. Uh, or Sashim uh, Johnson's from New Jersey, but played on the same team as Talik Robbins, who's a, a defensive tackle at Ole Miss now. Uh, he is so interesting to me because Iowa State is the exact defense that Ole Miss runs now, with some with some minor wrinkles and everything like that. But the Ole Miss defensive staff and Lane Kiffin went to Iowa State to learn the, the way the three, their 3-2-6 worked and figure out how to 
call plays with it. They worked with the Iowa State coaching staff to better understand it. So he would be stepping into a defense that he has already flourished in. Uh, and I just think that it could be like a spectacular match. Yeah, absolutely. Um, probably be another one of those guys that could potentially fill that Otis Springer or that Otis Reese position or Jake Springer position. Um, not sure if he's a little bit more of a traditional safety, but but either way, it sounds like he is very good in run support, has had a lot of success early in his career. And like you said, knows the defense um, is have there been has there been much indication whether there's mutual interest there or is it just that people have connected the dots so far, I've only seen speculation, but uh, it, it certainly, I don't know, it's its unfathomable to suggest that there would be like no communication between them because things just align too much. Yeah, it would just be like awesome. ridiculous not to talk. Um, okay, so that's actually all I really had. Um, but I guess like one thing that we could end with is uh, just our, our general thought on how the day went, how the class went, and uh, you know what you. Let me let me do one more thing, which is uh, who do you see making the biggest impact in year one that was signed with Ole Miss today? Sorry to throw that bone at you out of nowhere. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Um, I think it could be. Uh, were we counting signee or counting? Uh, portal guys or no? No, no, just just right. the just the signees. Among the guys we signed today, um, I think Jaron Willis has about as good of a chance as anyone. Xavier um, Harris is a tempting pick, but it's so hard to contribute as a freshman defensive tackle. Um, I think going with someone who is highly rated at a position where our depth chart is pretty thin is about as good of a pick as you can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually would pick him or Tyler Banks, but I'll actually go with someone we haven't talked about today, which is Kyron Heath. Um, he is a tight end that we saw in camp, immediately offered, committed quickly, and again, never really wavered in any way. Um, I think that it's just the only reason I pick him is because that position, while there are some players who have already done something and Casey Kelly uh, and then Hudson Wolf, who was the number one tight end of the country last year, but basically missed the season with injury. Uh, th- there's still some availability there and I'm interested to see what he does. Oh, you know what? One other player we didn't talk about. I know this is like at the end and kind of weird, but I don't understand how we never brought up Taylor Groves over the course of the, the, Oh yeah. He's another, I think it's these guys that committed and then didn't make much commotion. Um, no, I mean, he was all about some Ole Miss all along. Absolutely. And, and did a lot of recruiting, you know, on Twitter and stuff like that, which, you know, is really cool to see good, good for your, you know, school's reputation among players. You think to have guys trying to help you out on Twitter like that. Um, but yeah, highly rated safety from Tennessee. I think he was like, a, you know, maybe the number eight something player in, in Tennessee. Um, had a lot of offers, small school guy, but yeah, super highly rated. So really excited to bring him in. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, well, I think that'll do it for us, everybody. Um, I don't know when we'll do the next one, but we'll probably just do these at the moment whenever there's you know significant news to, to talk about, which may be a while. We'll kind of see when the next transfer portal news hits and you can expect something around then. 